Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? Great to be with you. I'm Crystal Heath. This is The Friddle Show, probably my favorite program of the year, favorite interview of the year coming up today. And obviously, if you have clicked on this podcast, you got the title, you know what it is. But for those of you listening live here in Las Vegas on KVXL 101.1 FM, you don't know what's coming. Today, we have an interview with the one and only Sean Hannity, good friend of mine, good friend of the program. He agreed to join us for a 10-minute interview to talk about his book, Live Free or Die. That ended up being 30 minutes. Yes, he gave us 30 minutes. So yeah, this podcast is a little bit longer than usual, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, uh, we're going to play the interview for you here momentarily. You should understand that it was recorded as a video uh, conference. Really a lot of fun. Appreciate Sean letting us do that that way. And we have that up on YouTube, so you can go and watch that if you prefer to get the the full experience, if you will. And some of it, because we're taking the audio from the video, uh, you may not, there may be a few things you miss here and there because it is uh, it is audio from a video. So you can find that video on our YouTube page. It's uh, Friddle The, because The Friddle was already taken. So it's Friddle The, or you can just go to any of my social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, at The Friddle, and there are links there that you can just click and follow as well. So uh, after the program, I'll come back on to give you some of the backstory. Uh, there's going to be some inside jokes that are going to be happening, some things that if you weren't following me on Twitter six, seven, ten years ago even, you won't understand what is being discussed or talked about. So I'll come back then, give you a little bit of a backstory, just kind of wrap things up after we finish. But without further ado, here is the interview with Sean Hannity on his new book, Live Free or Die. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have the one and only Sean Hannity is here with us today. Frittle, frattle in person. I can't yes. believe. So can I tell a quick story? Yes, so sure. Tell the story. I was now. I was such a dope. I had. I started out on Twitter. I had no idea how to do anything. I mean, totally yeah. ignorant. Yeah. And you and and a group of wonderful people. We we actually named it. Made T-shirts. Had a lot of fun with it. We the, did. The hashtag. L Y let no L N there you go Y B T okay let not your heart be troubled brigade Twitter brigade and you guys helped this very old person figure it out now wait what what was that what was that because I don't I think this very old person wow you helped this person sort of make the jump into the social media world which by the way has now been totally ripped away from me for a couple of years yeah. Uh, and I know I lost contact with you guys for so long, but I get updates yes. uh, on your success. Uh, couldn't be prouder of all you guys. I know it's been a long time since we've been able to catch up, but yeah. uh, including what you do and the you know the great work you're doing on your station in Vegas and and uh, with this mutual crazy friend that used to always call my radio show. <laughs> I, wow, 
I don't know who we're talking about, but very yeah. Very successful, very proud of her. I don't know if we should, that, that's... No, I think she would prefer if we not say. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, and um, Allie has three girls now, but Dave still doesn't oh have his gosh. boat. There's no Dave boat. doesn't have his boat. Still no Poor boat. Dave. I've always wanted Dave to have his boat. I know, someday. So please tell someday. the whole gang is that I apologize. My life's changed dramatically in ways... Well, when you have, let's see, 45 <laughs> pages of 302s by Robert Mueller's lawyers asking about little old me... And oh, about 1,300 text messages between me and Paul Manafort, private messages in America, publicly released. You begin to get a little bit, you get a, uh, a little say, more cautious. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm that's good. This in a very good. nice way, but no, well, listen, you know, thank you for having me. I appreciate you being here. Send the whole gang all my love and and you know blessings and happiness and and yeah. you know everything. No, I will. And a lot of people don't know this, but the whole reason that I'm even in Las Vegas is because of you um, challenging me to do things that scared me to death. So I appreciate that. Why? And, I scare everybody to death. You and, and others. I'm like, guys, you got to live life. Yeah. This was your dream. Yep. And I'm like, okay, find a place and do it. Yep. And I'm Follow literally it. now living my dream, but that's because of you. You're like the most generous person I've ever met. And uh, I really well, appreciate I, all that I, you've done investing in our lives. But. The best thing I've ever been able to do in life is occasionally, you know, have uh, some influence on somebody in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for that opportunity when the opportunities come along. Um, all I did was say, if that's your dream, do it. I mean... <laughs> I got you, did, radio. you did a little more than that, but we won't, you know. Oh, no, I'm very pushy. You let me hone my interview skills on you. Most national syndicated people I don't did. do that. I, so When you, you would used to call into the radio show, yeah. I used to do it on air. Yes, uh, I appreciate that. And, <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm proud of you guys. Congratulations. I can't believe Dave well, and Allie have three kids. Yeah. Just tell Allie I remember the Southern Comfort story in case she forgot. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she did. Dave, get Dave the boat. Yeah. He stood up for Dave every day. Yes. Get Dave the boat. Yes. All right. Well, should we talk about your book? Because that's what we're here to do. Apparently. Okay. We'll talk about the book. I have all of them, by the way, because I read, you know, I hate those. I read all of them. So can we talk about the obvious glaring difference? Glaring differences that Crystal found. Similar covers. Look at this. I know. And then, and then we see, then we see this. And we're like, where did Sean go? Uh, oh, he's on the back. He's uh, on the back. On the back. They, the, book, the book people wanted it on the cover. I'm like, I hate the three previous covers. I hate sure. them. And I actually never paid any attention to it at all, which is dumb um, on my part. And then I look at them years later. The only one I kind of like was okay was Conservative Victory. Victory. Or me, how I really am. Yeah. I don't like to get dressed up very often. Yeah. Uh, except for one hour a day. <laughs> but but I, I really worked on this cover. This cover. I love it. I love it. Of the moment, I want it tattered, burnt, split, jagged. And I would use all these terms. Why they would ask why. But not the stars. You look yeah. closely. Yeah. They're not touched. It's true. Because I just think, you know, this is the moment. And, you know, I've said this now. Yeah, there you go. But this is the moment, I think, that is the tipping point. And I'll be honest, uh, Crystal, it's not about me. It's not yeah. about... I, I've no, like you said before, you're I've old. What's that? I said, like you said at the beginning, you're old now. So it can't be about you. So so we're back to that already. No, I'm okay. just... I'm so just, just picking up I'm just transitioning. Just transitioning. No, but I thought I thought your book, Sean, I've read all four of them. And uh, this one, to me, 
though it is very academic and you get a lot of history in there, chapter one and I think four, where you talked about socialism, those were by far my favorite. Like, you just blew it away. But it's... You nailed the two that I worked hardest on. The whole thing is phenomenal, but those two I loved. But this book, to me, compared to your other ones, felt much less academic and a lot more like it was coming from your heart. You know, it's um, there's one thing that you will know one day when you get old is that you begin to realize, like, I was too young and stupid to understand the lives that my parents lived. Sure. Just as an example, right? Yeah. My my four grandparents had no money, poor. My dad, my mom grew up poor. My dad in, in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, um, his mom died from complications from his childbirth just weeks after he was born. Mm. He was passed from house to house because his dad was working all the time. My mom grew up poor in the South Bronx. She was a prison guard. All my years growing up was you know, working double shifts. I mean, it was just a crazy life they, they led so they could send me and my sisters to private Catholic school, which pushed them financially, dramatically. My dad fought in World War II. He was a family court probation guy during the week, and as long as he could, he was a waiter on the weekends. And so you don't really appreciate their lives, living through the Depression, living through poverty. It was a big deal to get that 50 by 100 lot Levitt sure. style house yeah. in Long Island versus say where they grew up in, in pretty tough neighborhoods um, even t- you know very tough even back in the day and you just so it's generational for me I know I stand on my grandparents and my parents shoulders yeah and I know that I wouldn't be the person I am but for them instilling hard work and values and you know even though I was the incorrigible child no really bad which is a good prerequisite and actually a good characteristic <laughs> to have to talk radio and, and being a talk show host on TV, member of the press, how that I am. And, but I realized now as I get older how hard their lives were, mm. how lucky I was to have them, and how tough the times were with depression. My father fought in the Pacific for four years in World War II, and you know what, what, is, what an effort it was for them. Yeah. But also the lessons... And I talk about, even in the jacket cover, Reagan's admonition is warning to this country that freedom is but one generation away from extinction. Yeah. And I've been saying in every interview, I, that can't happen on our watch. Right. Now, why do I feel the urgency? I, I, I started this project well over a year ago, and I, I had told everybody in my life, if I ever mentioned writing a book, hit me in the head with a baseball bat. It's too much work, too hard. We're, we're glad that no one followed through on that, by the way. I've yelled at everyone since. Uh, <laughs> but as I've been doing like four extra on-air hours a day, which I'm, I've never realized this remote thing. By the way, this is all new to me. Well, uh, Just so you know. It okay. shouldn't surprise you after my lack of Twitter knowledge at the time. I am shocked. So, so you know, the, the good news is, is that we have a chance to live free. Yeah. We can continue. What is freedom? Liberty, freedom, capitalism, risk, reward, invention, innovation, versus uh, when I had this urgency over a year ago, was this is the, this, they're going to destroy the country if right. their stated views, policies were ever implemented. I didn't think it'd be as bad as it's become, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, Bolshevik Bernie's the economics are, AOC is the new Green Deals are, yeah. uh, Kamala Harris is more to the left than Bolshevik Bernie. Uh, yeah. The most liberal senator in D.C., you know, she's she's talking about you know, you know, not just gun confiscation by executive fiat, not right. even not even passing right. a law, or the fact that everything is going to be free. 
wow, isn't that great? I mean, and sounds wonderful. It sounds great. Sounds wonderful. Sounds great. Every time, that was the whole fourth chapter that you referred to, Socialism's yep. History of Failure. And at whatever name, whatever whatever form, Mao, the revolution, the Bolsheviks. Yep. Yep. Uh, look at look at the former Soviet Empire and, and their expansionism in Hungary and Bulgaria and, and Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, Poland, etc., East Germany. And the promises were all the same, free, yeah. Yeah. free. We're going to take from those evil people, those rich people, and we're going to give it to everybody else. Well, the first chapter is well, what, what made us great? Mm-hmm. What are the underpinnings? Well, Judeo-Christian values, first and foremost. And we're not a perfect country. We all know that. It's not a perfect sure. people. All sin falling short. I know this. You can mention God on your station. That's an amazing thing in this day and age. Uh, sad, but true statement. Yeah. And those are the principles that gave us. I always say the greatest country God gave man. I believe that. But it's also created more wealth than any other governmental system. We've used the liberty and freedom, and no country has advanced the human condition more than this country. Sure. And so for me, it's it's statism, redistributionism, confiscation, mm-hmm. higher taxes, more bureaucracy, promises that can never be fulfilled ever yep. with the New Green Deal, open borders, amnesty, the United Sanctuary States of America, as I call it, is their policy, and stack the courts. You know, weakness, you know, appeasement foreign policy versus peace through strength. We're going to literally do all of this and everything's free, but we'll have no oil, gas, or fossil fuels at all. <laughs> the lifeblood of the world's economy. Yes. So it's dangerous. And, and it, again, these are their stated plans. Yeah. This is what, adopted Bolshevik Bernie's economic plan, even plagiarized parts of it. AOC is pledging trillions for this new Green Deal madness. He's Beto Bozo as his guns are. Uh, Kamala is vice president to the left of Bernie. Yeah. I mean, you don't get more radical left. There's never been a political party. And again, I'm older, so I know. Um, in the, a major political party that has been this radical, sure. hardcore, left wing. Yeah. Democrats used to hide it. They, they, they do the usual, right. appease the base, get the nomination, race back to the center, and never state it. Mm-hmm. They always keep it below the radar. Bolshevik Bernie was a, an outsider, an outlier even kind of barely tolerated by the Democratic Party. He's now the heart and soul of the Democratic Party. Right. On top of that, you know, now we got a candidate that, well, let's just put it nicely, looks like, you know, weak, frail, even. Yeah. If he had a fastball, it's long gone. Yeah. Um, the question that they raised about Reagan and McCain about age is real for Joe Biden. Sure. Mental alertness, acute mental acuity. Yeah. So... I see all of this, and it's unfolding, and back to my original point, this is about your generation. I have two kids. They're old now. Probably when uh, you last heard me talk about them. They They were were little kids, yep. All right, one's a senior in college, and one is starting college. So That's crazy. uh, You know, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a milestone in my life. I'm still hard (laughs) on them, and I I, I instilled a strong work ethic. Sure. Well, I collected daddy's money. Much to their chagrin. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. They'd be like, Dad, can I at least have a gift card? Walmart? That'd be great. Um, I'll give a gift card to Walmart and a free book. Now go and study. And a free book. There we go. Is it going to be signed? I, is it? I, I'll, I'll give a free book. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't want to rob them of their life. Sure. Well, and you talk... I, I, it, about this. I never expected to make any money in radio or TV. I never thought I... It's 33 years since I started 
Yeah. Radio. You're probably not even 33. Well, yeah, a little above that, but thanks. Okay. You know, but think about 1987. I mean, I when I started at Fox, I was like, you can get a couple of years out of this. Yeah. And I was terrible at every When I started radio, I was terrible. Started TV, I was even worse. Mm-hmm. And but I've been blessed, and but I can't. My kids, they, they're not going to be happy. Yeah. If I if they don't feel the the natural stress, not unhealthy sure. stress. There's a sure. difference. And if you know, we believe as um, you know, I'm a Christian, Judeo-Christian principles. But you know, what is the whole idea? That we are endowed by the thing. By the, oh, you, the know, thing. you know, you know, you know. God, the Creator of everything, right? We're endowed by a Creator. What does that mean? That's predicated on God-given rights, natural rights. We call them. God-given rights, not government-given rights. Right. Great Thomas Paine warned: government in its best state is but a necessary evil, and its worst state an intolerable one. Yeah. Uh, we don't want the intolerable one, and, and this is what they're now promising America—the most radical presidential candidate ever. Yeah, well, and that's what we have in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But the problem is, Sean, I think you know, you have you have Trump, and you write about this in your book. We have the Trump derangement syndrome, and I think there's a difference between you know, uh, back in 2016, I wasn't overly enthusiastic about voting for Trump. You may remember this, but I did. I voted for Trump. Yeah. I voted for him, and but honestly, the main thing for me was I did not want Hillary, and it didn't matter what anybody said. There was no way in the world I would ever consider voting for Hillary. But I think we have a problem now where, with the left, and especially the younger generation, kids are saying, well, I don't care, orange man bad, doesn't matter how much good stuff he does, we're just, whoever is the other person, and clearly it doesn't matter that much because we ended up with Biden and Harris, but whoever the other person is, we're going to vote for them. So you have that whole block of people that I don't think we're going to convince. So my I question actually, is... I actually have polls in, in the book that talk about young, the, the attraction to socialism of younger people. Right, exactly. So who is who is reachable and how do we reach them then? You know, I don't, I, I, I've got to believe, I think people are smart, the mob and the media, as I call them, they're not going to tell you the truth about Biden. Sure. Uh, imagine if Joe Biden, if Donald Trump had ever supported a guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64 and opposed the Voting Rights Act, and imagine mm-hmm. if Donald Trump ever partnered with uh, Robert Byrd, the former Klansman, to stop school integration and use the term, he didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle, his, his words. Uh, be you know a never-ending madness. I can't explain the the cult psychosis, yeah. Trump derangement syndrome, but it's real. I always say every second minute hour of every twenty-four hour day, all, all year long. And if he cured cancer, uh, Crystal, I don't, I don't believe they want to impeach him for it. Yeah, that's how messed yeah. up it is. I but I did put myself on the line. And I, I did tell Twitter at the time, and I told people that anyone that would listen on radio and TV, I know Donald Trump. You have every reason, I guess, based on his past and his positions, and he donated to this Democrat and that Democrat, and he was once pro-choice, but he, sure. he, he had said... But the difference is now you have a record to look at, and his record but has been... Right. You were right. And my conservative he, brethren said he's not a conservative. Right. What are you doing? Sure. What's happened to you? But I knew him. Yeah. I've known him for 25 plus years. Right. So I, I knew the man, and he was even, he's transparent. He wasn't hiding it. He said, sure. yeah, I played the game. And the game in New York to keep buildings going up was, you say hi. Sure. Oh, sure. You want a donation? Sure. Right. It's a game. It's, right. It's, it's corrupt in my view, but yeah. 
you're never going to build a building or keep workers working in New York without, you know. Yeah. And I think I think it's easy to forget after we've had what like 6 months of nobody really being able to do anything how good things really were before everything got shut down and you do a fantastic job in your book just outlining everything that the president accomplished and where we can go no, from here if he's reelected. Yes, it was the longest chapter. I was like this one's never going to end. <laughs> no. um, so is know, that is that what gives you never going to say it. That's sad. Yeah. There's no balance, there's no fairness, there's no objectivity. It's just cult, fanaticism, psychotic hatred, and, sure. and derangement. So is it's, that what uh, gives you hope for America? A, is that what gives you hope, then, for our country? Is if... I, well, I, I've got to hope. You know, I ask myself, I always I think logically about this, and I say, okay, well, did Donald Trump really lose supporters in 2016? My best educated guess is nope. I don't think so. Donald Trump proven himself to keep his word yep has yep. Donald Trump improved things I can go through the list it's, it's what I think chapter 9 of the book and I can give you chapter and verse on it um, Donald Trump you know I would go through the whole coronavirus thing yep. nobody saw this coming you know the invisible enemy um, and it, it, while he was putting the travel ban in effect that Joe Biden was calling hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering He's, he was doing his job 10 days after the first identified case, then subsequent right. travel bans, the first quarantine in 50 years, then the largest medical mobilization and fastest medical mobilization in history. I know because I lived here and I saw it in New York. Yeah. An AP study that showed you know, that dope Cuomo, followed by the dope in New Jersey Murphy, followed by the dope in Pennsylvania Wool, followed by the dope in, in Michigan Whitmer. You know, they're signing executive orders, you know, mandating COVID patients at nursing homes and long-term care facilities. They now estimate over 11,000 people died in New York just because of his stupidity. Now he's writing a book. Now he's writing a book. Unbelievable. (laughs) But anyway, so I worry about this for your generation, for my kids' generation, for future generations, because I've had my shot, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, God willing, I hope not. Um, got a little more left in the gas tank. Yeah, it's not completely and gray yet. You still got some, some back here. Really, you, you just can't help yourself. <laughs> I got James. Hey, James. Yeah, thanks a lot, James. Um, but you know, it's it's you know, it was funny because Rush mentioned the book, and he's we had this little private conversation. Of course, we love Rush. We're praying for. I'm praying oh, for. Yeah. Him. I know everyone is, and he's been such a force for education for conservatives for generations now. And, you know, he has a a greater faith than I do about America's ability to rebound. Mm. I worry if you lock in these changes, how do you recover? Right. I worry about that. Yeah. And and once it's like once when when have we ever gotten rid of a government policy, a new policy that they give us or a new entitlement? You never get rid of it. Right. So we got to choose freedom and liberty and capitalism and lower taxes, and not redistribution, and less government bureaucracy, and energy independence, and border security, and better trade deals, and peace through strength, and not appeasement. And at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. This is, you know, all hands on deck, an all hands on deck moment, as I call it. Yeah, for sure. And I know, you know, the the option this year, I think, couldn't be clearer. One one side is for all the things you mentioned. The other side is literally opposed to every single thing you mentioned. So if, and, and the left's definition of free is completely different than our definition of free. Yeah. 
Free everything. Free everything. Free, think of the list. Free K, pre-K through college education. As if we don't mess kids I want them. a refund. No. All right. Then <laughs> loan forgiveness. Then guaranteed government job. Guaranteed government wage. Guaranteed government vacation. Guaranteed government healthy food. Uh, guaranteed government health care. How did that Obamacare thing work out? Guaranteed retirement. No, last time I checked Social Security and Medicare, they were headed towards bankruptcy because the lockbox got raided and they stole the money and they squandered it. So I just don't have the faith. Look, liberal cities, they can't keep us safe and secure. No. They're not keeping us safe and secure. Run, no. they, one thing they have in common, all these cities, we're watching all these rioting and chaos that Democrats won't talk about. Mm-hmm. They even deny existing. It's a myth, Jerry Nadler said. Yeah. Is That's their number one job. As a politician, keep your citizens safe and secure. What's sure. the next most important? That'd be education. Well, these liberal cities have screwed that up royally also. We spend more per capita per student in the industrialized world with the worst results. Oh, yeah. What's the next thing you would think of? Well, I would think probably after that, um, let's see, health care. They screwed that up royally too. <laughs> so I don't really have faith and hope and trust in them. And yeah. when they were needed, for example, in New York, New Jersey, California, even although Newsom did a better job than New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Jersey with coronavirus, I mean, they can't screw it up anymore royally. Right. Arrogantly, you know, Cuomo, I'm a, we're all New Yorkers, but we're not like these other countries, <laughs> and we're going to, we have the best medical teams in the world. Right. Okay. Didn't work right. out that way, Andrew. Uh, but Trump built you the hospitals, manned the hospitals converted the hospitals to COVID-19 and provided all the PPE and you left two-thirds of the Javits Center empty. It's okay. So, It'll all be in his book. All your questions. Oh, yeah. Answer I'm sure book. all of that's going to be in there. Not going to be he's a problem. He's everybody but himself. It's yes. like, you know. Yeah. Now he's blaming Trump for the New York City violence. I'm like, Trump's offering to restore order. Mm-hmm. Trump didn't cut the NYPD budget by a billion dollars and get rid of the Crime Street Task Force, which, thank God, in Vegas, well, you got some rough elements in Vegas. I've, we I've have, we have some rough elements, but our cops, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, I think is the best right. in the world. Besides from New York. I'll give you that. Well, I gotta but. imagine that Vegas is still suffering. Yep. You know, uh, a lot of casino workers. I know they oh, want to get back to work. Horrible, but... Horrible. Yeah. So know? we say it every four years, right? That this election is the most important one of our lifetime. By the way, Marco Rubio moment. Okay. We'll allow it. All right, now we're going to all go criticize you. Permission granted, yes. (laughs) But so this one... Every four years. Every four years. But this one, I think it... I mean, every year, every time we say it, it's true. But this time, I think for everything you just outlined, it's more true than ever. Because we're... I think we've reached a point where there's no return if we go over the cliff. The is now out there. Yeah. scary. It's true. But... Listen, the one thing I will say to you or to any younger person watching, no matter what your government does, you still have the ability to dig deep, find your talents, whatever they are, bring sure. them to fruition, follow your dreams, uh, uh, you know, reach beyond the, the, the capabilities you think you have. That's yep. the message for somebody else. Okay. You know, <laughs> Dave will get the boat. Hopefully. I pray one day. Gets one day. All right. So I know I don't have you all day, although I would keep you all day. So last right, uh, last question. Last biggest, toughest question. Is in, it's in three parts. Okay. It's in three parts. Three part question. It's a now three part. It's a three part one right. question. It's all good. It's all good. Part so one, I'll write it down so I don't you write, uh, you write about in your book. It's not that hard of a question. I promise. You write about Benjamin Franklin and how he talks about a nation not being able to rise without God's help. 
and I, I agree with you 100%. Most of our audience, my audience, is going to be a conservative Christian audience, Sean. So my question for you is, uh, is this. How do you think that we can, uh, that we, my listeners, uh, can best pray for our country, can best pray for our president, and can best pray for you? Because we, I, my pastor, myself, we pray for all three of these things every day. Because that's, that's the hope for our nation. So how do we pray for that? Our country, our president, and for you personally. I believe in prayer. I believe in miracles. I believe that my life is, frankly, a miracle. I'm, I'm actually one of the churchgoers that needs the forgiveness part. I'm one of those guys. Uh, well, by the way, people that, that works that for all of us, miracles. by the way. Um, but, you know, listen, I do believe in, in divine providence. Mm-hmm. I don't think this will all happen by accident, America. Sure. You know, Ben Franklin, the... Another quote that I use with him in the book, and it's actually in chapter one, a republic, if you can keep it. Yeah. He was asked in the middle of the Constitutional Convention where, as you rightly point out, he had stopped and said, time for prayer, and so on and so forth. But, you know, at some point, like, I, I do believe that we, that the word education from Latin is to bring forth from within, hmm. right? So we believe we're endowed by a creator, and we that God put talent within, and a good teacher a good a country that allows freedom allows you to find those talents he gave you sure not government and and serve your fellow man provide good services people want need and desire and then get enough money to buy a house and five dogs like you have or whatever crazy amount four dogs okay and so (laughs) it's you know the prayer is is that people have a propensity for good and evil Mm. and we all choose our path Sure. We're all going to make choices every day to do good, to do evil. And that's that's the human experience. Now, we've all sinned and all fallen short. Right. So we all ask for forgiveness, rightly so. Um, but the prayer is is that, you know, people under, understand that this, this is the rarity. America is the gift. America mm. is the exception. America is the country... Remember, we're, we're the country that beat back the forces of fascism and Nazism yeah. and communism and imperial Japan and more recently radical Islamism. And so that is a certain destiny that we've taken on that responsibility. Now we have a responsibility to, to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and preserve the blessings of liberty for now and future generations. Sure. And in that sense that, you know, but for you know that divine, what I believe is divine providence or God's blessings, you know none of that is possible. Sure. So you gotta hope that there is a, a blessing there, and that would be my prayer for me or for the country or for Donald Trump or you know we, we want good people, we want to be humble, appreciative, thankful for God's blessings. Then we want to do everything. We want to use our talents. Yeah. He didn't put us here to just sit back and say, oh, God is gonna do it. Right. Well, God gave you no, talent. that's why you get work your, 14, 16, 20 hours a day. Chair. Yeah. You're missing this part. Get your out of the chair and go Thank work. Go Appreciate serve. that. Yeah. Right? And yeah. go pursue your dreams. Yep. And that's what we'll. That's what I think is hanging in the balance here. This this notion that government's going to protect you is just not real. It's fake. It's phony. It's fraudulent. Sure. And it's never been. It's not fulfillable. It's financially, you don't need to be in. Harvard or MIT scholar to figure out 94 trillion in 10 years for a new green deal and 52 trillion for Medicare for all. We're only taking four and a half trillion dollars a year. It doesn't add up. Yeah. And that doesn't even include a penny for national defense. So, you know, 
hopefully that era of enlightenment comes but before we inflict damage and pain because i believe that it would be the inevitable consequence of socialism and the false hope and promises of socialism and then usually a loss of freedoms that accompanies it all right well the book is live free yeah, or die oh wait a second wait yes. a minute i gotta show you one more thing i forgot this uh -oh. one more glaring error that i found okay let's let's oh. take a look at the past book What, less gray hair? Oh, wait a minute. Let's take a look at... Let's take a look at this one. <laughs> All right. All right. Are we... Are we... I can stop Are we now. sensing a theme? Are we sensing a theme? Now let's look at... Let's look at the oh, new one. Let's look at the new one. Oh, nothing's in it. I will... What is that? that? What is that? <laughs> Done. I will remedy that. I'll let you give James the uh, address, and I'm glad you contacted us. It's been too long. It all, has, all God's blessings, prayers, happiness to you, the Thank whole you. Let Not Your uh, Heart Be Troubled Twitter Army Brigade, and, and Dave, get pray for the boat. <laughs> get Dave the boat. That's right. Boat. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'll explain about Dave's boat after we let Sean go here, and we'll return in just a moment. So, so Dave's boat. What is up with Dave's boat? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly he still doesn't have one. But for those of you that have no idea why on earth we'd be talking about some random guy in his boat, uh, I'll give you the backstory. Sean told you a little bit about it at the beginning of our interview. Uh, what had happened was he started tweeting. I don't, my goodness, I want to say it was sometime 2009, 2010. No, actually, I think it was 2011. Uh, anyway, uh, he started tweeting when, when he had first... So he had a Twitter account that his staff was using, uh, but then he started to personally tweet himself. I had just gotten a Twitter account as well. My brother Jonathan talked me into Twitter. I was like, ah, that's a weird place. I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> you know, Facebook, MySpace, Zanga. Those were the thing that uh, the things that I knew, but John talked me into getting Twitter. So I had gotten Twitter and I was working uh, at the time and my job had a lot of uh, not downtime necessarily, but I was taking a lot of dictation. And so uh, the, the individual I was taking dictation for told me that I was welcome to bring, you know, a book or something uh, like a craft to work on or whatever I wanted to do in between when he would be formulating uh, his thoughts. And so I would have a lot of you know, just little bursts of time. So I'd have, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes here, two minutes there. And over the course of a day, it would add up. But to me, it didn't really, like I tried a book, book didn't really seem worthwhile because, you know, you could open it up and then he was ready again or no, not. But it was just, it was very, uh, never knew how much time was going to come in these little bursts of time. And I was like, well, I could just tweet. I could do social media during these little bursts of time. And so I just, I, I started tweeting and I would tweet all the time. Literally, I tweeted so much. Probably need to go clean up all the old tweets because there were so many of them because that's all, you know, that's what I would do for literally, you know, you know I want to say probably a year and a half, two years, I would sit and in between dictation, I would tweet. And it just so happened that that was when Sean Hannity was also on Twitter. And so I would 
you know, he would make comments. I would respond to him. And one day he responded. We started going back and forth. And then it snowballed into this whole thing where there was a, a group of us that would regularly uh, be on and be tweeting at the same time. And we became uh, then what Sean was telling you about the Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled Twitter Army Brigade. We had T-shirts, hashtags, the whole thing. It was really amazing. Uh, it was it was I, I can't tell you all the things that we did because we were sworn to sworn to secrecy. But what I can tell you is that uh, we uh, we got to go to a Yankees game and have the best seats in the whole world. And that if you ever get the best seats in the whole world at Yankee Stadium, there is a buffet of wonderfulness underneath those seats where you can go and get as much food that is incredible. I'm not talking like hot dogs and, and the expensive food that doesn't taste good when you go to, to sporting events. No, no, no. I'm talking really, really good stuff. All the candy you could pick up and take with you, the, like name brand candy. You know, this is not like generic uh, Walmart brand candy. No, no, no. Good stuff. So that, and that's, that's just a little, we, we, we got to do a lot of fun things because we were the uh, the founding members, if you will, of the Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled Twitter Army Greek Brigade. And Dave and his wife, Allie, uh, were one of the couples that were part of this. And uh, early on, Allie and Dave were pregnant. They were going to have a baby. And, of course, there was a back and forth with a girl and a boy. And so they had a girl. And when they had a girl, it was decided, well, then Dave needs to get a boat. Dave needs a boat. And it was just this longstanding uh, joke that we had that Dave needed a boat. They had a daughter, needs a boat. Because they had, now they have three girls, and Dave still has no boat. So that is the story of the boat. I know most of it was not actually about the boat, but it was just kind of giving you the backstory, how we all got together. And uh, we ended up meeting John Stamos. I'm guessing Allie and Dave are listening to this right now. You guys remember that? Somebody else opted to stay back in the hotel (laughs) and get room service. And then we got to go and meet John Stamos backstage at some play he was doing. That was pretty cool. That was, um, anyway, uh, I'm going to start reminiscing about things. And then this podcast will never end. But uh, so that's now, you know, a little bit of the story. That's also how a lot of people ask me, well, why is it the Frittle show? Why do they call you the Frittle? Well, that also can be traced back to the same time period of uh, of tweeting with the Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled group. A few of us that were part of the group started getting um, some stalkers and some harassment. And so it was recommended by some very uh, wise people that we change our social media profiles to not have our names then at the time. And to just pick some kind of a moniker. So uh, the Frittle was a or Frittle was a nickname that my siblings uh, gave me when I was growing up. I have six siblings, half of them as they were young, pronounced my name Criddle, and the other half pronounced my name Fristle. And over time, those two kind of just morphed together and became Friddle. And so I had this nickname from my family that was Friddle. And so that is when we were encouraged to take our actual names off of social media, I became the Friddle. And that is how I, how I maneuvered. <laughs> I guess you would say, uh, through social media for many years with that only. And then uh, it just kind of stuck. So even after we no longer needed the the safety necessarily, uh, the frittle it was. And so the frittle it has been. And uh, pretty much only my dad, a couple of my siblings, and Sean Hannity are the only people that call me it still. But it's just, it just stuck. So now you know 
the rest of the story. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back again next week, same time, same place, here on KVXL 101.1 FM. Or as always, go and like, subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Be sure to follow along so you never miss an episode of The Frittle Show. And we will see you next week. <laughs>